That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. Hope you're doing good today. Glad you're here. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can leave us a voicemail there. You can send us a message through the contact form. You got to check out That Sober Guy podcast community on Locals. That would be an amazing thing if you did that. It's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. Get direct access to creators and their communities. We've created a great sober community on there. Uh, with people, new people joining in every day uh, to uh, hold, hold some accountability there, have a little bit of fun, uh, ask questions, uh, post some wins, encourage each other. So if you're looking for a safe place to do that that's not on one of the main social media platforms, check out Locals. Uh, you can download the app or you can go to that soberguypodcast.locals.com and I put both of the links in the show notes there. So I'd love to have you join and see you in there and uh, be sure to say what's up, introduce yourself when you jump in. Uh, You can also grab how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety digital podcast course. Uh, If you'd like to do that, we have some great doctors on there. Some of my friends that are in recovery, some other podcasters uh, got together and just I really did a bunch of different sessions on. Um, what people's first 90 days looked like. How did they get sober? What what were those first 30, 60, 90 days? What did they go through? How did they stick with it? Uh, what were some of the challenges they faced? Uh, and then we provide some resources in there on how to, uh, just like the course says, how to navigate uh, that first crucial 90 days. So if you'd like to check that out, uh, you can go to that soberguy.com. There's a course tab there. Just click on that. Uh, and then there's also a merch tab. If you want to grab some hoodies, some hats, the hats are dope. A couple people have ordered them lately and sent me pictures of them. Uh, I have one myself until Jess put the curling iron on it. Dang it. I need to order a new one probably, uh, because I'm picky like that. You can't even see it, but I know that it's there. So I need a new hat. I really don't, but what the hell, you know, why not I have a couple of them, but if you want to check those out, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, you can do all this at that soberguy.com. Even locals uh, button is on there as well. So I hope you guys are doing good. I appreciate you tuning in today. If it's your first time listening, uh, welcome. Uh, we've been around since 2014. I don't give a recap too much on how the show started. Let's do that real quick. We're really in the moment. I ho- I'm hoping this is a fun episode today. We're going to talk a little bit about golf. Uh, so if you're like, well, if I don't play golf. Trust me, I promise there's some analogies here that involve recovery, staying sober, just living a good lifestyle, making sure we're practicing at things. So kind of wanted to tie those two together on on my little golf experience this last week. Um, But if it is your first time listening, we started the show, I started the show back in uh, 2014, uh, just a few months out of uh, of treatment myself for 17-year alcohol and drug addiction. Uh, And man, I was exhausted. I needed some... Uh, relief. I, I really didn't know what to do anymore. I wasn't suicidal. I just figured um, I didn't really care if I lived or died anymore. And I had a hell of a lot to live for. A young uh, baby girl at the time, a, a, a great wife, a, a really a, a best friend, uh, my wife, the Jess till today even, uh, still happily married and, and uh, you know pushing along, pushing through. And I'm uh, really grateful to be sober today and live the life that I get to live uh, because I made that decision and step back and said like, 
man, I know God has something more for my life. Like I could literally feel it in my gut, in my spirit. And there was something telling me that if I didn't get some help, something really bad was about to happen. And, uh, you know, I kind of had that awakening in that moment after trying many times to do it on my own. I just realized that I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own. I had tried. I needed to surrender. I needed to give up. I needed to ask for some help and humble myself and go get some help, go seek some help. So, um, I mean, we're talking a lot of stuff really narrowed down into about 30, 60 seconds right there, but that's the gist of it. And I hope there's somebody listening right now who can relate to that. You're just exhausted. You've had it. You know that there's more to this life uh, than numbing ourselves with substances. And that's really just the face of it. Let me also explain that really fast. Like I get so many questions and people saying, um, you know, man, it's like, it's not the alcohol or it is the alcohol or um, I don't know if I have a problem with alcohol. Let me just say this. Like, yes, a lot of us have issues with substances and we use those substances as tools to deal with the shit we don't know how to deal with whether it's relationships, whether it's past trauma, whether it's things that we're going through in this moment right now. Alcohol, drugs are tools, just like anything else, as is food is a tool. Exercise is a tool. Go down the list. You can think of different things we use to cope. Some of them healthy, some of them not so healthy. When we can stop looking at the face of things and really realize that we ourselves internally, our spirit inside of us need to do the work to put the practice in daily and that looks different for everybody. Some of us are great at it some days and not so good other days. I go through ups and downs that, but like generally I have a pretty solid mindset and knowing what I, um, you know, need to do to kind of maintain and continue to grow and, and, uh, you know, progress through this journey of crazy ass life. That's where this kind of secret lies. And I mentioned practice in there. Okay. I mentioned practice and we're, it's a daily practice. We don't just arrive. We don't one day just, I didn't just get sober. And then all of a sudden in 30, 60, 90, a year, just say, okay, great. I'm fixed. And everything's fucking great in my life. And it's all, I mean, yeah, it was definitely getting better by the day, but I still have shitty days. Like my life is pretty fucking amazing right now. And I'm very grateful for that. Do I have shitty days? Of course. Do I have bouts of anxiety or when I'm feeling down? Absolutely. But that's where this spirit stuff comes in and, and really getting to know ourselves in this journey. And we can only do that when we remove the tools that we're using to cope with the life. I hope that makes sense. And a lot of that comes back to the practice, to the daily grind. And that's why I kind of wanted to intertwine this with some golf stuff today. So even if you're not a golf fan, I promise you, uh, you know, it's, it's going to relate to, uh, to recovery, to life in general. And, um, number one, I love golf. I don't know if you've ever played golf before. Have you tried it? Maybe you're, maybe you're just like golf. That's like a grandpa sport or what? Maybe you haven't paid attention to it much. It's really fucking fun. And it's really fucking hard too. like golf is an extremely tough sport. You only have yourself to blame if you mess up kind of like recovery, right? <laughs> we got to take personal responsibility uh, and, and we got to practice. And, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of components to golf that kind of align with uh, a lot of other analogies in life. But, you know, you have certain clubs and you have certain, um, you know, certain, uh, a certain mindset to go into golf in. And like I said, it's, you're on the solo and it can be tough sometimes. Um, it's a hobby 
it's something fun to do. It's outside. So you're, you're generally, I try to golf on nice days when I'm outside. I mean, that's, that's kind of the part of it and the fun part of it too. It's not so much about just trying to go out and get the best damn score. I mean, of course, if you're competitive, like I am, uh, you, you're obviously always trying to do that. But at the same time, there's this sense of peace and feeling of being outside, especially when you get to play at a, at a decent golf course and it's a nice sunny day out, um, you know, and you get out there kind of early in the morning, maybe it's a little crisp and you're, you're loosening up a little bit. You're excited. Maybe you're out there with your buddies and you're talking a little shit and you're, maybe you throw a couple bets down. Even there's a couple games we like to play sometimes as we're playing throughout, depending if we're playing, um, in like a bigger group, or maybe there's just a couple of us. And like this last, this last week I played with my good buddy, Nate and, uh, Nate's a, a great golfer. He's a lefty. Um, man, got some funny stories with, with Nate and I too. We actually moved down to, uh, Torrance, California near Redondo beach area. Man, I must've been, it was before Jess and I were together. It was probably when I was like 19 or 20. He, uh, he was going to college down there at Dominguez Hills in, uh, I think it's kind of in the, uh, Compton area, Torrance area, right around there. Dominguez Hills somewhere lies in between, I think. Um, but he, I had had these aspirations of moving to Southern California at, at that point in my life and um, and had this opportunity where he said, hey, I'm going to go down to college down there. I got another roommate. Do you want to come? I wasn't doing shit at the time. I, I was partying and uh, and I was in some bands and stuff. And I think I was staying, I was staying at uh, my mom and dad's little apartment, sleeping on the couch, you know, and, uh, and I said, well, sure. <laughs> Why not? What else am I doing? I didn't even have a car at the time. Um, and I think I had like 500 bucks. Maybe I don't even remember how the hell I had got the 500 bucks. Maybe I had saved it or it was my last check from a job I did. I'm not really sure. But in any case I said, yeah, what the hell let's do it. And so we got this apartment and I drove down, uh, I think it was me, Nate, and I think Nate's dad uh, helped us drive down there and, and and bring all our stuff. I literally didn't have shit. I had like the clothes on my back and I had like a bag of clothes and, you know, like I said, 500 bucks and I was just going to go down and find a job and, uh, you know, which I eventually did and, um, and I got a job and we stayed stayed down there, I don't know, for maybe six months, a year, somewhere around there. We had some good times for sure. And uh, we had some partying times too. Uh, it's funny, this came up as Nate and I played golf this last week and he goes, don't ever tell anybody about that. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't anything bad, man. We were young youngsters, college age, man, just partying and having a good time and trying to live life like carefree. We didn't have any worries really other than how we were gonna eat and keep the lights on and smoke lots of weed. <laughs> that, was pretty much the, that was pretty much the gist of it, but I think me and Nate and I shared a room at the time too, which is crazy to me to think back about that, man. Just so like, just didn't like whatever, man. This is my homie, Justin and, and Stoney lived out in uh, Orange County at the time. And so we took a lot of trips out there to, to uh, go hang out and go to skate parks. And we used to do, uh, <laughs> we used to do spa hopping. That shit used to be funny too. We would go find like the like the dopest like little communities in like Tustin or Irvine or any, a lot of places in Orange County, nice little spots. And we'd hop the fence and then uh, we would uh, we would go sit in the spa there. And so we called it spa hopping. Pretty good times back in the day, right? Just super living it up, you know, but 
for me, as that time progressed, I ended up back in Northern California. Uh, I guess this is a Shane share day. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on here. We're just kind of freestyling, having some fun today. So hope you're enjoying uh, a little bit of that, what that's going to look like today. No, no agenda. And uh, I feel like sometimes we need that, right? Like maybe this is a good time for us to just kind of kick back. You can kick back right now too. just take a big, deep breath. <sighs> just relax for a minute. Like we have no agenda. We have no, um, we have no place to be right now. We have no, uh, no future trip in to be. We have no past worries. We have no future worries. We're just in the moment right now, sharing a little bit. And I'm talking about spa hopping, right? And then I'm back up in Northern California. You know, at some point, ended up back up here. Nate came back home. Um, I do remember that too. <laughs> I remember walking in from work one day. And uh, Nate said, yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> I was like, what? We're going home or you're going home. What the hell am I going to do? I think I had a choice. I could have stayed down there. And ultimately, uh, you know, I chose to come back up to NorCal. Um, but man, good, good times, right? You're just, you're free. You're carefree. Like I, I wouldn't say my addiction at that time was just like super out of control. I, 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 I mean, I was. I was regularly smoking pot, you know, daily and I was, I was drinking, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It was just different then. And maybe there was some, some immaturity to it and some, um, some fun still involved at that time. Uh, you know, but as that progressed over the years into my mid twenties and into my late twenties and then into my early thirties, man, it just really, you know, it really got a hold of me. And I think that's one thing that, um, you know, that a lot of people struggle with. And I know I did is like, it was fun and it was, it was okay at one time, but as the, the progression of it continued on and different things happened in my life, um, you know, there was a, there was a point where it just wasn't fun anymore. And it was really affecting the way that I was living my life. I wasn't able to progress. I wasn't able to really know like who I was as I started to grow up, you know, and, and you lose yourself and, and you lose yourself in this consistent state of being intoxicated and, and numb. And as things happened to me throughout those years, good and bad, I was never really able to like process it, it and, uh, and, and really deal with it or cope with it. It was just a constant go. And, and even when I think about, think back about it, man, it was really just like a big blur you know, through a lot of those years and the, the, um, what's, what's I going to, I was going to say compilation, but that's not the compounding, like the compounding, um, different things that happened. Uh, they just kept on compounding, you know, and, uh, instead of progressing, you know, you start to re regress, I guess, you know, how the hell does all this tie into golf? Okay. So let me, let me get back on, on track here a little bit. Um, I played golf last weekend with my buddy, Nate, who I've already mentioned and, uh, him and I play golf quite a bit together. He's pretty damn good. I like playing with Nate because number one, we, we know each other. We have a good time. Um, but he also makes me play better because I, I, I'm trying to, um, kind of keep up with him. And, um, one of the things I noticed too, is it's impossible to get a damn tea time these days, uh, just because with all the COVID stuff, that was one of the things that has generally stayed pretty open this whole time is golf courses and you're outside. So a lot of people in the last year that never played golf in their life, they, they took up golf. And so now 
I'm assuming a lot of those people probably figured out how, how fun golf is and they're still playing. And so you call to like make a, make a tea time. And, um, you know, you gotta, if you want to get a morning tea time, you're looking at like, shoot, at least probably a week out for a lot of golf courses, if not longer. Um, and you know, every once in a while you can find them in the early afternoon or twilight is great for those who don't play golf. Twilight is you get a cheap, a cheap rate. Like normally the course we play Rancho or Paradise uh, Valley out here uh, in Solano County, it's going to run you about 75 bucks on average to play 18 holes, right? Like for, that's like a normal tea time in the morning. If you come in at twilight, anytime after usually four or five o'clock and uh, you know, you can, you're probably not going to get all 18 in, but you can get that for 25 bucks sometimes. So just depending on when you, when you're going to play, well, Nate and I found a one o'clock tea time. It was like one, one, one thirty something. And, uh, we, we got on and, um, my driver has just been terrible with golf lately. It's been really shitty. Like it's all over. There's no accuracy in it. And I'm talking like the last like year or two, I've just haven't fi- been able to figure out like what in the hell is going on. I have one good shot every once in a while. And then it's just like, it's the same thing every time I just hook it. And it's really frustrating, especially when you're out there and you know, you can hit the ball good. Like, you know that you've played plenty of golf before and like you've had some great shots, but like that's one of the things about it is like you're constantly having to practice it. And that's why I thought the analogy was so great with with recovery and trying to stay sober. Like you don't just get sober and then you're great at sobriety and everything's fucking magical. Like you literally got to work at it every day. And if you're not working at it, just like the driver, if I'm not hitting my driver consistently, I'm only going out and playing golf once every couple of months, which is a lot of the time what happens just because I'm busy. I wish I could play golf every day. That'd be great. You know, I guess I could make more of an effort though, to go out to the driving range and take some swings, which is what I ended up doing. And that's kind of the practice that that comes. So as we got the tea time, uh, I said, you know what? I need to go out and take some swings, dude. I'm really tired of going out, trying to play around and then just not being able to know what to do. So I went out to paradise and man, one of the, if you have something that you like to do and that you find relaxing, um, and almost a form of meditation, maybe it's walking, maybe it's taking a jog, maybe it's like, it's even CrossFit. That was, so I love doing some CrossFit, um, you know, some conditioning, um, but golf going out to the driving range is another one. So maybe just taking away, maybe you don't have to go play 18 holes. If you've never played golf before, grab some clubs and go out to the driving range. And what I do is I bring, you know, good thing of some cold water. I bring my headphones and uh, I go out there and I put the headphones in. I put on like, man, what have I been listening to lately? Probably some Charlie Crockett I like to put on or I got a good, you can look it up. It's reggae, the letter N, shit, reggae and shit on Spotify. And I put a whole bunch of good reggae jams on that playlist. Um, And so I was kind of, you know, mixing them up, going back and forth, but you get out there, you get a big bucket of balls. It's like 12 bucks. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many is in a big bucket, maybe a hundred and I don't know, maybe that's a little much. I'm not sure. Something like that. It's a, it's a lot of swings. It's enough to tire you out. And so, man, you just, you just kick back, you know, and just start swinging, start with the nine iron, you know, start with the wedge, um, just do some chipping and, uh, you know, eventually, 
so I got my music going right and I'm, I'm getting in the getting in the mode man just really trying to enjoy myself and relax a little bit uh sober is a gopher as e40 would say right one of my one of my favorite lines um but just like really enjoying the time really being in the moment too we talk a lot about trying to be in the moment when we're when we're staying sober when we're living life just like i mean even x the sober stuff out just living life like being in the moment enjoying it time is the most valuable thing we have on this planet at least it's, you know, it's right up there with the most important things. Time. We never get that shit back. Like, we're never going to get that time back ever. It's so important to be in the moment. And so at the driving range, I can really do that. I can really focus on what my swing feels like, where the ball goes. Uh, I'm hitting a golf ball right now. I'm in my backswing. I'm, I'm conscious in that moment. I'm stopping for a moment to take a drink of water, you know, and, and as you kind of have the music going, it's kind of like this meditative state almost where you can really relax, at least where I can really relax. Um, so there's that component to it, right? And I'm kind I'm giving you a couple different pieces of this. Okay. So that is one of the components. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the competitive component <laughs> that comes in because there's a competitive component where I do somewhat have an agenda out there. I obviously want to go out because it's relaxing and I enjoy myself and have a good time. I'm also trying to improve myself just like staying sober. We're trying to improve our lives. We're trying to get better at life. We're trying to do some things that um, put us in a healthy minds, mindset in a healthy physical place in a health, a healthy place in our relationships you know, I want to be in a healthy place on the damn golf course with my homies out there. So I'm not looking like a schmuck, right? Like I want to, I want to smash some balls and hit some in the fairway and do that. And so to do that, I got to practice. I got to, I got to work on the driver. And so, you know, I, I as I'm kind of getting warmed up and stuff, I, I, it, I don't know, I probably hit half the bucket and I'm still, you know, at this time, I'm still a little nervous even about pulling it out because it's frustrating when you start smashing that thing you know, and it's hooking, you know, the ball's hooking left and it's, it's frustrating when you're trying to get sober over and over and you put a week together and then you fuck it up and then you put a couple days together and then you go back to it. There's that back and forth process. I'm only going to smoke weed this week and then I'm going to go back to drinking that the next week. And then you go back and forth. And I did that too, you know, and it, it wasn't until I finally had to come to terms with the fact that I needed some help, number one, right, with, with drinking. I really needed some help. I needed to reach out and admit. And then it also, on the golf course, it wasn't. It didn't come to until I said, man, I, I really have a real shitty problem with my driver right now, and I, I need some help. And so <laughs> what did I do? YouTube, baby. <laughs> check out the scratch golf channel so as i'm swinging i finally pulled the driver out right being a little hesitant and then uh, and i take a couple swings with it and uh i don't hit it very well and i go you know what i was talking to my my brother-in-law gary uh, who was actually on the podcast just a couple episodes ago great great uh podcast because i got a ton of great feedback so shout out to him and much love man he just put a year together recently so um if you're if you're struggling or you're looking for somebody who's kind of um, you know, new in their recovery. And, and I say new a little over a year, but who's really just 
progressing and, and doing great um, and still having struggles and stuff, no doubt, you know, but learning how to work through those, go back and listen to that, uh, that episode with Gary. Uh, it's episode 357. Um, but he had mentioned to me a while back about grip. He had saw something where, you know, it's okay if you're holding the club on your bottom hand and um, you, you want to kind of roll your wrist back and like, and basically it was going to feel uncomfortable, right? You're, you're going to have to get uncomfortable because obviously whatever I'm doing with my swing in the golf swing is not working. I'm rolling my wrists. I'm doing something that's completely hooking the ball. And it's like the same shot almost every time, every once in a while I'll slice one or something. And, but I'm going to have to make some changes, some adjustments in order to figure out what is going on with my, with my swing. Is it my backswing? Is it the way that my, um, my back arm, am I, am I not keeping it tight in close to my body? Is it, am I pulling my hands too far through and then rolling the wrist? Like there's all different types of little things that can go wrong in a golf swing, you know? And it's, it's the same analogy in, um, trying to stay sober, trying to live a healthy lifestyle. There's little things that we have to make adjustments to that make up the whole focus of, um, of whatever it is that we're doing. And so I said, man, I'm going to go over to YouTube and I'm going to check out this scratch golf channel. I can't remember the guy's name um, now, but he's a, he's an old school golfer. Been, he went on the PGA tour for a long time. I think he's a golf pro out in, uh, I want to say Arizona, um, but in any case, I looked up grip because I, I had a feeling in playing with grip the last couple of times I had been out, I had, a, and after talking to Gary a little bit about it, I had, I had a feeling it was something in my, in my grip that, that wasn't quite working out right. There was something that I was doing, um, that wasn't lining up. And that's one of the crazy things about golf. You can go out one day and just crush it. And then go out the next day and just be fucking horrible. And you're just like, what the hell? Because there's these little things, these little techniques, these little uh, adjustments that you make. And maybe you don't even know you made them. Maybe it's like a subconscious thing and they can really throw your whole game off. And so back to the practice thing, you constantly, you know, you, you have to live that lifestyle if you want to get better. And I don't live a lifestyle of golf, right? But I wish I, <laughs> if I could play golf every day and live on a golf course, that'd be fucking amazing. But the lifestyle in recovery, that's a lifestyle for me. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't just, I'm not just sober. Like that's my, that's how I live my life, you know? And, and, and it has been for the past seven and a half years. Um, but you're constantly, I'm constantly still having to make these adjustments. So I bring the, I bring their YouTube video up and he's talking about his hands and, and pulling them. You know, you got to lay the club in there a certain, certain way on your fingertips and not, not put it back in your palm. Well, I was, I like had to, I had this like death grip on, on the, on the club. And, um, and it was like the club was buried really deep into my bottom hand and it's not supposed to be like that. And I didn't really, I don't know. It just, it didn't click until it clicked until I actually did a little homework and like looked into it a little more, took the time to do that instead of going out and just trying to caveman crush balls. Cause that's what I used to be able to do when I was like 25, but I'm not 25 anymore, you know? And so as I looked at it, I said, okay, I'm going to try that. And so I, you know, I, I back to being able to relax when you're on the driving range too. It's great. You, you know, kind of take a, take a step back, went and sat on the bench for a minute, left my clubs and my balls right there and just take a few breaths, watch the video and go, boom. Okay. I'm going to try that grip. 
So the rest of the bucket, I had about half the bucket left roughly. And I, I just strictly hit my driver. And, you know, the first shot, it felt uncomfortable. I had to play with my grip quite a bit back and forth. I sliced some, I hooked some. And, you know, as I kind of messed around with it and just, I didn't quit. I just, I kept going, you know, eventually I fucking crush one right down the middle. Just, just as they say, teed off on it. That's the commentary. I fucking teed off on this ball and just hips were <laughs> hips were turning, you know, hands were coming through. Uh, I should be the other way around, right? Hips, hands are coming through, hips are turning. And I'm just like, it just felt, you just feel it. And it feels so damn good. You're like, yeah, you just want to like jump up like eighties jumping high five. Like there's nobody there, but I'm going to high five the fucking air. Cause I'm just stoked. Cause I finally just like, wow, maybe I got it. Well, I put another ball up and boom, I fucking hook one right afterwards. Right. You're like, what the fuck? You know, excuse my F words today. I don't know. Um, but anyways, like I'm sitting there and it's like, it's frustrating, but I know I'm on to something, right? I know I'm on to something. Okay. This grip thing right here. And, and so I continue the rest of the bucket and I get down to my last couple of balls and I'm starting, I can feel myself making progress. Maybe you can feel yourself making progress with your sobriety with your recovery. You've got a few days, maybe you got a few weeks and you, you start hitting these little speed bumps, you know, and you, you, you mess up one day or, um, you have, you have shitty thoughts about drinking, or, uh, maybe there's an amends you need to make that is really bugging you and you haven't, you haven't done, maybe you're doing a program and you're doing some step work. You haven't got there yet. There's adjustments that have to be made along the way, but we can't give up and go back to drinking. I can't throw my golf club on the, on the driving range just because I just crushed one. And then all of a sudden I hooked it again. I got to keep going. I got to keep practicing. I got to keep making those adjustments. And so I hit the last couple balls and I was pretty tired, man. I don't, if you, if you take a lot of swings and you're, and you're getting into it, like I was in this last little session, like I was, you know, my, like I could feel it. And I was like, man, dude, I'm really just starting to get this. I can go home. I was hungry. It was the evening. I love it under the lights too. It's so, it's so nice. It was a beautiful night. Lights were on, um, you know, just kind of starting the sun starting to go down. Um, and I was hungry and I was like, man, I'll go get some food, but you know what? I'm really starting to get this right now. I don't want to just quit. And then, so I went back up and I got another bucket of balls. I think I got a medium bucket. So not as many swings, but I kept going and I just, I didn't even, I bagged all my other clubs and I just strictly focused on my driver. And by the end of that session of that, um, you know, that, uh, that second bucket that I got of, of balls, like I really was feeling like I, I had made an adjustment and it was starting to work. Like I could feel it. I was starting to hit pretty damn straight. You know, I would, so let's say three, four balls that are just like dead straight, just crushed. And then maybe I'd slice one or maybe I'd hook one, but I could adjust again and I could move my grip and be very conscious of where I was placing my, my hands in the club in my hands. And so long story short, I, I, I got it dialed in finally, right after like just a long time of not being able to figure out what the hell was going on. Something finally clicked. I did a little bit of homework. I took enough swings, you know, and I was ready for that next round of golf. The next day I felt like with Nate, you know, I was like feeling confident about it. 
I was feeling better than I had felt. And not only that, I was feeling excited about it. Like, how about when, like, if you have a couple days sober or you got a couple weeks sober and like, man, you start feeling excited, like you're living life, like, man, I can do this. You know, I can do this, but you got to stay dialed in. You got to stay practicing. You got to stay on top of it. Um, you know, you, and, and you can't give up and you got to realize it's progress, not perfection with the golf club, like, or the golf, uh, the driving range, like I was making some progress. It wasn't perfect, but I was making some progress and I was ready for that next round. So, um, we, anyways, we, we went out the next day, um, you know, had a, had a really fun day, man. We ended up playing with this, uh, this 13 year old kid. Sometimes they'll pair you up if there's only a twosome and, um, uh, this kid, comes in and um not a not a big kid either 13 years old and uh he walks up and i think his name was kieran or something like that and a nice kid and uh, i could tell he was pretty damn good too and i'm like oh shit man this 13 year old's probably gonna school us and uh him and nate him and nate kind of battled it out um but he starts playing like further back from the blue tees and if you're not familiar with golf it goes um, i think it's black is like pro and then it goes blue is like right under pro uh, and then white, which is where we played from. That's kind of like your, your average Joe white. And then you have the red tees, um, which is uh, for the ladies or maybe like a super amateur or somebody um, who doesn't really play that much can play from the red tees. But this kid played from the damn blue tees, man. And uh, just crushed it. Just, I mean, just crushing it just straight fairway every time. And um, it was fun because it makes you play better and it makes you want to be better. I think it's the same analogy of hanging around people who are um, not only competitive, but want to better their lives. Uh, and it doesn't have to mean that they're just, you know, if they don't have issues with alcohol or drugs, but they have a beer every now and again, that's not like, oh, I can't hang out with that person. Like, are they trying to be a better person? Then, then man, that's awesome. And then if you are hanging out, if you're really early on and you're just trying to really stay sober, like hang out with people who are sober and you're going to stay sober. You want to be a good golfer, play golf with people who are fucking good at golf and you're going to be a, you're going to be better. You know, you're going to be better. So I worked on, okay, so here's the thing. I work. Okay. 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 It reminds me of lethal weapon Four. Joe Pesci. I don't know if you ever said, okay, 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 okay. They just fuck with him the whole movie. It's epic. Um, but we play this round right? 13 year old kid, me and Nate having a great time. Um, I put all that work, I put all that work into, um, my driver, which I needed to do. Right. I really needed to do. And I did at the end, I did go over when I was done and, um, and, and, and put a little bit, but I didn't put a ton of, uh, a ton of time in to the putting. And let me tell you, you think it's hard to, hard to hit a ball straight on the golf course. It definitely is. It's also really hard to putt a putt in, especially we played at Rancho and the greens are huge and they are fast and there's lots of, um, you know, different pin placements where they put the flag at. And so putting can be really difficult and, uh, and that's really no matter where you play putting is just hard in general. But I neglected practicing a lot of putting before that round just due to time because I'm working on my driver you know, so I'm not, you know, beating myself up over it, but it's something I need to continue to practice more. And at the end of the round, had a great time, had some great shots. Driver was dialed in finally. And because I put in that work on the course, I only had a couple like real, like, I think I had maybe three 
three shots that were just like, like I used to do before where I roll my wrist, like I was saying in hook one, I had a couple of them, but it was nothing like I felt totally comfortable bringing it out and, and hitting the driver and hitting some fairways, crushing some balls and, and really having a good time. And it was because I practiced. It was because I, I took the time to do that, but the putting I had, so we, at the end of the round, um, you know, Nate's really good about keeping score and how many fairways you hit and how many uh, greens you hit. And at the end, uh, when we were kind of tallying everything up, uh, I think I shot somewhere in the nineties, uh, 95, something like that. But I said, uh, to Nate, how many, how many three putts did I have? And I had seven three putts. And so let me, if you don't play golf, once again, let me explain what a three putt is. So let's say, um, let's say it's a par, uh, a par four which means you need to get the ball in the hole in four shots or four strokes, right? So if I have a good drive off the tee box, that's one shot, and then I'm in the fairway, and I have a nice little, uh, nice little, I don't know, seven iron up, and I land on the green, that's two shots, okay? Now, technically, if I get it close enough and I can one putt in, that's a birdie, and you're going to be under par. You want to be under par in golf. Okay. If I two putt it, I'm still at par. So I'm going to sit even, even with that hole. You got four shots to get it in. You're going to hit uh, four shots. You're going to stay even. Well, on something like that, I had a three putt, which is a, called a bogey for you non golfers. And I apologize for the people who are golf. Like, oh, shut the fuck up. I know what you're talking about. I, I get it, but I'm just trying to make everybody <laughs> make this applicable to everybody. So it's not totally foreign. Um, but it, 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 if you three putt there, it took you three putts to get it in when you, you, you know, you should have got it in and one for a birdie and, and definitely two for a par. Well, you take those away, man. And my score would have gotten that much better, you know, down into, into the eighties, which is, which would be great for me. You know, par, I think is like 72, you know, but this is the golf journey we're talking here, right? Golf talk. I know, I know I get it, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a great game. And there's so many analogies to life when it comes to golf. Like it takes constant practice. You're constantly learning just like in recovery, trying to stay sober. You're constantly having to adjust to give yourself grace, to stay out of your own head, to not overthink things, to be in the moment. You're going to hit ups. You're going to hit downs. Sometimes you're, you're on point. Sometimes you're not. Here's the, here's the message though. We only lose when we quit. We only lose when we throw our fucking cl- clubs in the water and we're just like, fuck this game. This game sucks, which I've been there before. I never throw my clubs in the water, but I've thrown a club before like a little baby. This is a long time ago. I don't do that shit anymore because I'm a grown man, son. <laughs> and I can control my emotions sometimes. But I still get you know frustrated sometimes. But you only lose when you quit. You only lose you you only lose when you go back out and you start drinking again because you're like ah oh, fuck it I can't do this anymore I, I quit I'm going back it's easier just to numb out you know and if it was easy everybody would still be playing golf every single day if golf was easy everyone would play because it'd be easy if everyone would be sober if it was easy to stay sober they'd quit drinking you know everybody would do it if it was that easy but it's not it takes work it takes practice it takes writing it out it takes you know reaching out for help whether it's watching a, a video on YouTube or whether it's reaching out to someone and saying like, Hey, I need some, I need some help big time. I need to go to a meeting. I need to go to rehab. I need some professional help. I need to, you know, I need to go to some counseling, some therapy. Uh, I need to find a sponsor, a mentor. 
Uh, I need to listen to a podcast. I need to, uh, I mean, go down the list, whatever it is that you need to do. We have to take action in this stuff is the point. We can't just think our way into, into getting better at something or into staying sober. We actually have to take action on it. So I hope this makes sense. I hope you enjoy some golf analogies as well. And uh, I would in, like encourage you to like, if you've ever thought about playing golf, like try it out, see what, see what you think. And then holler back at us and let me know, like I'll, I'll read it. If anyone sends me a golf analogy email, I'll try to read it on the show or at least in the locals chat, I'll make a, a, a little post or a video about it, something. Cause I would love to hear some analogies for golf or, um, you know, how they can kind of relate to recovery or if you just hate golf too, I mean, feel free. I don't care. Uh, but I hope something spoke to you today. Uh, I appreciate you guys share the podcast with a friend, check us out at that sober Everything is on there. Join us on locals, please jump in there. It's a great sober community. It's safe. You can share in there. Um, the links are all, all the links are in the show notes. Appreciate you guys. Peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean.